0: Or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison once again, holding it down for the family. Sending you greetings from the Addison tribe. Glad to be with you this gumbo Friday. It's a great day. It's Friday. Right, Sherry? It's great. It's a great day. Friday. Yes, yes. And so today, um, I have a um a theme that I want to continue on with, uh, that we've been talking about, um, uh, well at least since yesterday, and that's the switch or the shift in the mindset of the believer. Uh, the shift being that we are in a totally different uh country, type of America. You know, things are changing. You know, I was talking to someone and they had mentioned to me that when back when President Reagan uh, one, um, that he had like forty-nine states. Like he, he won an overwhelming amount of of, of states. You know, during um, that campaign, and I'm thinking, like, man, I don't know if that would ever happen again, where someone would get that that much of a vote. You know, in their favor, all of th- those states in their favor. Uh, but I think we're in a in a different place, and I think we as believers have to understand that we are in a different place that, you know, is not the America that maybe our grandparents are really that I remember growing up in and I'm not old, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm pretty young. Most people would say, but you know, things are changing rapidly. And I think our mindset have to change as well, that we have to be more vigilant about what we're doing about, you know, uh, our families, you know, the way in, in which we're serving the Lord how we're carrying out what he desired for us to do, we have to be vigilant. And uh, so I want to share a few things today on that uh, topic, just continuing on with the shift of the mindset that we have to have as Christians. But before we get there, want to make sure you download our podcast at afr.net. Uh You can go to the um, homepage there and click on the podcast tab and find Erin Addison's whatever sh- or whatever show you want to. Download and download it there. Also, you can email us at addisons at afr.net. That's A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S at afr.net. Also, to check out all the events and things happening, go to afa.net slash events. Make sure you check out one onenewsnow.com. Great news source. Uh, if you want to get news from a biblical, a Christian perspective go to one onenewsnow.com and sign up now for the daily brief it would it would really enhance uh, your knowledge on what's going on because there's a lot of media outlets that are not telling the whole truth they're keeping some information back and so one onenewsnow.com should be uh, one of your source sources of information also in his image uh, make sure you watch that documentary and share it um, share it it with a friend, with your church, your pastor, uh, in his image. Movie to go and watch that is a great resource uh, for all Christians. Operation uh, Christmas Child you can pack shoeboxes and help us send great joy and the good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. it would be a part of evangelism and discipleship when you pack an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. American Family Radio is joining Operation Christmas Child to share the hope and love found in Jesus Christ through a simple shoebox gift. And get more information about that, you can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. We also have our Orange Letter campaign going. And so um, Engage Magazine is once again teaming up with Global Outreach International uh, for this year's Orange Letter campaign. And this is something that we do each year. Uh, If you want to submit it, it's going to missionaries who have found themselves either stuck in uh, their country, not able to leave because of COVID-19, or ones who are stateside, you know, and and got stuck here and not able to go back um, to their mission field because of the restrictions. Uh, That's who the letters are going to, missionaries from around the world. Uh, You can keep it to 200 words, please. 200 words or less uh, letters can be emailed to orange at AFA.net. orange at AFA.net. The deadline for the letters is November 20th. All right. Well, today I again, I want to talk a little bit about the mind shift that we have to have as Christians. Um, we should have already had a mindset that this is not our final place, that we're looking forward uh, to our real home, our true home. But while we're here, we are to occupy till he comes. We are to to be about doing his work. Um, but I think a lot of times we can get so comfortable uh, where we are because of the, the pleasures of, of life, because of, you know, even the country that we live in It's a blessed nation. And God has done some great things in the United States of America. But as Christians, we can get comfortable even being in a, in a safe place or in a place where we feel like there's much prosperity. We can even have a mindset of trying to do and get what I can get, you know, and we can get kind of complacent about even spreading the gospel, about living our lives and sacrifice uh, to God. You know, in a place of plenty, sometimes we can become shallow. And so the encouragement that I I was giving yesterday was specifically concerning our children, you know, that we are to be in a position where we are uh, uh, taking that seriously, that we have been given these arrows to shoot into this culture, that they can make a difference even in this world, but that they will be able to stand, you know, as they navigate the things that are going on around them. And how from every angle we see the pursuit, we see the enemy coming, you know, to to steal their innocence, to expose them to things that they shouldn't be exposed to, to call things that are evil, good and things that are good, evil, you know, to really just uh, take their minds and try to mold it into their own image. The world is, is really uh, trying to do that. And they are succeeding in a lot of areas. If you look at what's going on, man, children are being normalized. You know, they're being told that this is the way that things should be. This is normal. When we know good and well as the people of God that uh, live by the book, the Bible, that these things are not normal. uh, They are not the way that they're supposed to be. And so we have to uh, have a hard stance of raising our children and, and, and guarding our families in the way of the Lord you know, nurturing our, our wives and husbands being coverings over the family. And so uh, we, we talked a lot about that yesterday. And I was talking about how God just had me consistently in the, in the book of Daniel, specifically um, chapter one, uh, chapter two, chapter three. But chapter one, he was showing me things even uh, about Daniel's upbringing. What must it have taken that Daniel and his companions were able to stand in Babylon, as you led as young men able to stand you know in the midst of that type of pressure but today i want to um continue on with that thought um just as us being christians in america uh because christianity could really get a bad rap you know if you look at um you know some of the things that are going on within the church today I mean, we've talked about things that has been happening in 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 the church and the, You know, church has taken um, a pretty significant amount of black eyes, you know. But for us who are endeavoring to live godly in this this life and in this country, we will suffer persecution. Things are not going to always be, you know, easy. Up until this point, I would say things have been, you know, I, I don't know if I would say necessarily easy, but there've been, there's been uh, uh, a lot less resistance than what I believe that we're going to face uh, going forward. And I wanted to play a few different clips today. Um, you know, uh, Justice Samuel Alito, he gave a, a presentation, he, uh, an address at the Federalist Society on Thursday. And in part of his address, he, he really kind of honed in on um, religious liberty. And I have a headline here say religious liberty is in danger of becoming a second class right. And the thing about this is even if it does become a second class right in America, we still as Christians have to stand. If if, uh, you know, religious liberty falls out of favor (laughs) in this country, we still hold fast to the scriptures. We still hold fast to God. We ask God to help us and prepare us even for that day. You know, even as, you know, things change, political climates change, administrations change and things happen that may not be in favor of the Christian. It doesn't give us a license to buckle down and to say, oh, no, the sky is falling. No, we dig our feet in. We dig our heels in deeper. And we say, man, I'm standing for, for the Lord that no man that has put his hand to the plow looking back is even fit for the kingdom of God. So we, we plow forward. But during the speech before the Federalist uh, Society on Thursday, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito stated that uh, in certain quarters, religious liberty is fast becoming a disfavored right and is viewed by some as not a cherished freedom. He said it's often just an excuse for bigotry, and it can, can't be tolerated, even when there is no evidence that anybody has been harmed. And I want to play a few uh, clips. And I want to start this early because I have a, a few clips that I want to play. But this is uh, some of what uh, Justice Alito said. And I just have some thoughts about it because, man, I think we have to come to this reality. And we have to be ready. And we have to prepare our families likewise. We have to prepare our families, you know, uh, for living in a place that would be hostile, even more hostile, uh, to the gospel. And so I want to play uh, a few clips from Justice Alito.
1: Just as the COVID restrictions have highlighted the movement toward rule by experts, litigation about those restrictions has pointed up emerging trends in the assessment of individual rights. This is especially evident with respect to religious liberty. It pains me to say this, but in certain quarters, religious liberty is fast becoming a disfavored right. And that marks a surprising turn of events. Consider where things stood in the 1990s. And to me at least, that does not seem like the Jurassic age when a Supreme Court decision called Employment Division versus Smith cut back sharply on the protection provided by the free exercise clause of the 1st Amendment. Congress was quick to respond. It passed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, RFRA, to ensure broad protection for religious liberty. The law had almost universal support. In the House, the vote was unanimous. In the Senate, it was merely 97 to 3. And the bill was enthusiastically signed by President Clinton. Today, that wide support has vanished. When states have considered or gone ahead and adopted their own versions of Refra, they have been threatened with punishing economic boycotts.
0: Wow. So um, Justice Alito has given us kind of a timeline to show us that religious liberty and the feeling of even, you know, what's going on in this country is changing. Uh, when when things came up about religious liberty back in, in the 90s, there was immediately laws put in place and things and protections put in place to try to secure um, those rights. But now, he said, those things have vanished. Now, you know, not only uh, are the people who are in leadership, you know, uh, opposed to, to these things, to this liberty, but man, really, the general population has been trained to, to think that religious liberty is uh, bigotry that standing for what the Word of God says is bigotry. And he's shown right there in that little span of time how quickly things have disintegrated as far as religious liberty, state by state, and and, and things that have come up, you know, to oppose it. And so I'm going to continue on with some more clips from uh, Justice Alito when we get back. Uh, Just really sobering. I want us to think we have to be prepared for a United States of America that will be more and more hostile towards the people of God, and the gospel. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this. First name free, last name verses Don't forget to read between the lines in these verses Don't forget to see beyond the lies in they verses They're all liars, that's on purpose That's on everything, with straight faces Devils what they greet you on the first name basis Cover all bases, stay away from fakeness Watch what they say, never listen to a snake kiss Words to the word This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio I'm Will Addison, once again we are uh, talking about religious liberty but also just the switch of mindset that the Christian have to have. We can't be lackadaisical, seeing the things that are going on right before us and still not being, you know, uh, moved or energized to, to uh, uh, take our families, disciple them, to help them to be ready for the times that we may be facing uh, in this country going forward. You know, I'm just reading through Daniel and even Jeremiah. Man, Jeremiah was prophesying, man. He was telling them, this is what's going to happen. Things are are not going to always be good here. Like, you're going to be taken away. You're going to be put in captivity. But there were also other prophets who were saying, no, no, don't listen to him. Things are well. Things are going to be great. Look, from what I took from, I'm not saying I'm a prophet. But from just what we can see and discern, we see that there's a change uh, in this country. And uh, Justice Alito, in that first clip I played, He gave a little timeline from the 90s until now where laws were being put in place to protect religious liberty and was signed ultimately by President Clinton. We have a different time going on right now. And Justice Alito gave three different examples. And so I want to play the clips of the examples that he gave because he sits on the Supreme Court and and he's heard these cases And they had to rule and judge on on what was going on there. But he gave three examples. I want to play these examples and just kind of um, uh, talk about that. It just gives us a picture of where we are. We have to be sober in our thinking, people. As the believers, as as people who are following God, we have to understand that the gospel has never existed in safety and that we cannot be swallowed up by civilian affairs, by a creature comforts, to where we're dull and not being the salt and the light that we're supposed to be, and and in persecution and things that are, I believe, are coming down the line, man, we have to make sure that we're fortified and ready now. When 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 those yeled was led into captivity, they were ready before they got to Babylon. They were ready before the statue went up that, you know, everybody had to bow down to. They were already fortified within their hearts that, no, we our heart is not in Babylon. It's with God. Daniel was fortified before he was thrown into the lion's den. You know, this happened before. I mean, we know this because the, the companions, you know, said, Hananiah, uh, Azariah, and Mishael said, we don't even have to, you know, have a conversation about what we're going to do here, we're not bowing down. That was something that was already in their heart. They didn't have to get ready. They were already ready. And so I want to play this second clip, and he gives some examples of some cases, and so we just want to go through that.
1: Some of our cases illustrate this same trend. Take the protracted campaign against the Little Sisters of the Poor, an order of Catholic nuns. The Little Sisters are women who have dedicated their lives to caring for the elderly poor, regardless of religion. They run homes that have won high praise. Here are some of the testimonials filed in our court by residents of their homes. Carl Berquist, the Little Sisters, quote, do everything to make us happy. I feel I'm part of the family and that's a great feeling. They will keep you alive ten years longer than any place else because they love you. Carol Hassel. In a nutshell, I would say this about the Little Sisters. A little bit of heaven fell from the sky one day and landed in my apartment. Despite this inspiring work, the Little Sisters have been under unrelenting attack for the better part of a decade. Why? Because they refused to allow their health insurance plan to provide contraceptives to their employees. For that, they were targeted by the prior administration. If they did not knuckle under, and violate a tenet of their faith, they faced crippling fines, fines that would likely have forced them to shut down their homes. The current administration tried to prevent that by adopting a new rule, but the states of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, supported by 17 other states, challenged that new rule. Last spring, the Little Sisters won their most recent battle in the Supreme Court, I should add, by a vote of seven to two, but the case was sent back to the Court of Appeals, and the Little Sisters' legal fight goes on
0: and on. So the first example he gives is the Little Sisters of the Poor, who did not want to allow their insurance to cover contraceptives. And they've been battling for a long time. You know, because of their faith and their belief, they're like, no, we, this is not something that we uh, can do because of, it's a matter of conscience, we, because of our beliefs. And man, they've been fighting, they've been fighting, you know, to have the freedom, the religious freedom to do, uh, you know, what's right to them. But more and more, they're facing resistance and resistance. And like he said, the, the case went to the Supreme Court, but it's still ongoing. It was brought back to the appeals. And so it's like an ongoing war. Can we see what's going on? And some may say, well, this is not really persecution because people are not dying. Well, I understand that point because our brothers and sisters in other countries are losing their lives, literally, to live out their fate. But this is, I believe, is where it's brewing. We, this is, these are the little things, the things that are, are simmering, that's going to come to a full boil soon. And I'm telling you, You know, as things are changing, even politically, we have to be ready for even an uptick of these type of things. And this is not, you know, a a fear thing. We're confident in God, but we have to be vigilant. We have to be ready. And so that first example was the uh, Little Sisters of the Poor. Here's the second example.
1: Here's another example from our cases. The state of Washington adopted a rule requiring every pharmacy to carry every form of contraceptive approved by the Food and Drug Administration, including so-called morning-after pills, which destroy an embryo after fertilization. A pharmacy called Ralph's was owned by a Christian family. Opposed to abortion, they refused to carry abortifacients. If a woman came to the store with a prescription for such a drug, the pharmacy referred her to a nearby store that was happy to provide it. And there were 30 such stores within five miles of Ralph's. But to the state of Washington, that was not good enough. Ralph had to provide the drugs itself or get out of the state.
0: Do you hear that? So Ralph, <laughs> Ralph's pharmacy, Christian-owned, they didn't want to provide the pills to kill babies. And it wasn't good enough for the state of Washington that there were 30 other stores that were willing to provide this and see, that's the thing they they're not interested in, Hey, somebody else can, you know, a referral. They're not interested in being referred to another story. They want you to do it. You have to go against your God given beliefs and convictions and provide us what we want. That's going to happen more and more. These are real cases that are, that have happened in the United States of America, because what you believe, Christian, is bigoted. You are, you, what you are in this day, you are Bull Connor. <laughs> you, that's, who, that's how you are looked at today. Your beliefs are hateful. Your book is hateful. The place where you gather, gather for church, you call it church, that's a, a place for a hateful gathering. More and more, this is what is going to uh, be seen as. And we see these cases unfolding, these different rumblings and things going on. We have to be wise concerning the days that we're living in. Let's redeem the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5. And so I want to give this last example that Justice Alito gives uh, in his address. One more example.
1: Consider what a member of the Colorado Human Rights Commission said to Jack Phillips, the owner of the now notorious Masterpiece Cake Shop, when he refused to create a cake celebrating a same-sex wedding. She said that freedom of religion had been used, quote, to justify all kinds of discrimination throughout history, whether it be slavery, whether it be the Holocaust. We can list hundreds of situations where freedom of religion has been used to justify discrimination. You can easily see the point. For many today, religious liberty is not a cherished freedom. It's often just an excuse for bigotry, and it can't be tolerated, even when there is no evidence that anybody has been harmed. And the cases I just mentioned illustrate the point. As far as I'm aware, not one employee of the Little Sisters has come forward and demanded contraceptives under the Little Sisters' plan. There was no risk. That Ralph's referral practice would have deprived any woman of the drug she sought. And no reason to think that Jack Phillips's stand would deprive any same-sex couple of a wedding cake. The couple that came to his shop was given a free cake by another bakery, and celebrity chefs have jumped to the couple's defense. A great many Americans disagree, sometimes quite strongly, with the religious beliefs of the Little Sisters, the owners of Ralph's, and Jack Phillips. And of course, they have a perfect right to do so. That is not the question. The question we face is whether our society will be inclusive enough to tolerate
0: people with unpopular religious beliefs. Hmm, And that's a big question. As he said, you know, all these cases, no one was harmed. That was none of the sisters that said, hey, we wanted contraceptives and we weren't able to get it because, you know, there was no one. I mean, Ralph, he was able to refer to other pharmacies. But no, they didn't want that. There was nobody harmed in that. Even with, the, with uh, Jack Phillips, there was somebody else who gave this same-sex couple a cake. And they had celebrity chefs to come to their aid. And all these cases, and there's, there's more. There are, there are more cases than this. He highlighted these three, but it's happening, people. The Bible says, and I read this yesterday in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's, that's my encouragement. Like we have to understand where we, li- where we live. I said it yesterday. This is not me, Barry. Um, in the book that I was reading from uh, the church in Babylon, Ed Stetzer, who wrote the foreword, he said, this is not Israel in the promised land. This is Israel going into exile. That's the mindset that we should have. In that uh, exile, the prophet Jeremiah was telling the people, hey, build houses, grow. Do not decrease, but increase. Like, keep doing what you're doing. Like, you know, but understand this is a different place that you're going to. This is not home. This is a new language. New scenery. It's not the same. It's not, oh, I I love how I grew up. It was like this. man, we have to understand that this is a, another place, and as Christians, we have to be effective in where we are now. Now there was one more clip I wanted to play from Justice Alito. Um, and it was it's, he had a lot more to say because he talked about the Second Amendment, he talked about you know free speech and and, and all type all types of things, but uh, I wanted to conclude with this.
1: Over the years, I have sat on cases involving the rights of many religious minorities. Muslim police officers whose religion required them to have beards, a Native American who wanted to keep a bear for religious services, a Jewish prisoner who tried to organize a Torah study group. The Little Sisters Ralphs and Jack Phillips deserve no less protection. A Harvard Law School professor provided a different vision of a future America. He candidly wrote, quote, The culture wars are over, they lost, we won. The question now is how to deal with the losers in the culture wars. My own judgment is that taking a hard line, you lost, live with it, is better than trying to accommodate the losers. Taking a hard line seemed to work reasonably well in Germany and Japan after 1945. Is our country going to follow that course? To quote a popular Nobel laureate, It's not dark yet, but it's getting there. So let's look at what we've seen during the pandemic. Over the summer, the Supreme Court received two applications to stay COVID restrictions that blatantly discriminated against houses of worship, one from California, one from Nevada. In both cases, the court allowed the discrimination to stand. The only justification given was that we should defer to the judgment of the governors, because they have the responsibility to safeguard the public health. Consider what that deference meant in the Nevada case. After initially closing the state's casinos for a time, the governor opened them up and allowed them to admit admit 50 percent of their normal occupancy. And since many casinos are enormous, that is a lot of people. And not only did the governor open up the casinos, he made a point of inviting people from all over the country to visit the state. So if you go to Nevada, you can gamble, drink, and attend all sorts of shows. But here's what you can't do. If you want to worship and you're the 51st person in line, sorry, you are out of luck. Houses of worship are limited to 50 attendees. The size of the building doesn't matter. Nor does it matter if you wear a mask and keep more than six feet away from everybody else, and it doesn't matter if the building is carefully sanitized before and after a service. The state's message is this: Forget about worship and head for the slot machines, or maybe a Cirque du Soleil show.
0: Do you hear this, people? <laughs> this is where we're headed. This is Erin Addisons here on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Not to see i ain't bluffing and i ain't flexing i'm turning up they them, they brutalized them they crucified them they strung them up he resurrected i rose with them that great commission i go get them i'm so fishing i'm so christian i still believe god can sober up Any, anybody's body seeing seeing problem, problem holy holy spirit spirit gospel god, god
1: we just just gotta gotta be all all it back to him with Paul Me, I'm, I'm gonna
0: stick to the script. I'm all in, all right. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Will Addison uh, surveying some of the statements made and addressed by uh, Justice Samuel Alito about uh, religious freedom. And uh, man, this is sobering because this is where we are and this is also where we're headed. He, he mentioned things that are happening in present time and things that you know I see coming even more. I don't see it going backwards. I see it going, you know, forward in this, you know, but we still are praying for an awakening for this land, man. We need an awakening. We need a revival uh, in America. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The lines are open if you want to talk about this or anything else that we talked about during this week. You know, uh, just give me a call and we can talk about it. 888 888- 5898840. I want to mention that as we see the numbers for COVID-19 like going up, you know, and they're talking again about lockdowns and, you know, stricter measures, man, one of the things that really gripped my heart was what what happened to the church. Uh, the church I believe suffered uh during that time, you know, where it was just a drastic shutdown, and I know there are some some churches that are still closed uh, right now. And man, I think as the people of God, we're going to have to either say, man, we we're going to still meet together uh, in, in our church, or we got to find other ways break the church down to smaller pieces, you know, that we can have true, genuine fellowship and koinonia with brothers and sisters like a complete just lockdown of the church, man. And as Justice Alito said, he, talk, he was talking about Nevada, how the, the casinos opened up to, to, fifty, I guess it was 50% capacity or whatever, and he said those places are huge. So that's a lot of people. But if you're the 51st person in the church, you, ha- you were turned away because only 50 people can be in here. Man, that's a threat to religious liberty, and I feel like we have to strategize and understand what we're going to do as a people of God so that we can still meet together. It may call for smaller fellowships. If you, if you go to a megachurch or have a megachurch, if you're a pastor of a megachurch, man, think through how the believers are going to still be able to get together face to face and have, you know, true godly communion and fellowship. You know, that, during this time, the church... Um that I attend that I'm in leadership, that you know we didn't shut down, we adjusted, we adjusted, we went to two services, you know, and we are a small assembly, but there are ways that you can you know honor the guidelines and try to do as as best you can, but man, at the end of the day, we have to you know uh, uh plant our feet firmly on scripture it's hurtful it's hard for people not to have the fellowship of the believers. It's hard for, for, for the members of the body of Christ not to have, you know, that. And it's not um, it's not something that we should be doing. This is this is what I believe based upon the word of God, that we should be in a practicing, practice of getting together and fellowshipping with other believers. If we have to make it look different, if it don't look how it normally looks, so be it. But the people of God, We have to maintain that fellowship. We have to maintain that fellowship. I'm telling you, the days are here. We are here now. We have to be wise concerning the times that we're living in. Understand that the days that we're living in are evil, that there is a lot of wickedness. There's a lot of wicked schemes and agendas. You know, man, there's a lot that's going on. In the midst of that, as the people of God, we have to stand firm on the word, close to each other, because as this thing persists, we're going to need each other more and more and more. We're going to need each other more and more and more. So what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get through to us today, is that to look upon what's going on in this culture, to understand where we are, and see, you know, how things have changed from maybe when you were a child to now. A lot has changed. <laughs> and so with that, we still have to live godly when this world around us change. Because God and his promises and his word don't change. Don't change. All right. I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to start off with Bill. Let's see. Bill in Georgia. Hi, Bill.
2: Hey my friend love the show listen every day. Thank you. Uh, got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, I I'm, I'm hearing and understand um the dilemma and and what's happening with hey I'm not going to make this cake I'm not going to participate
3: mm-hmm.
2: um in your celebration. Would that then hold true should that same cake maker then say let's say there's a couple not who are living together who want to get married and they're participating in uh, sexual sin, should that hate maker then tell them, hey, I, I can't do this? This is against God's word. I'm just throwing out a question and a little, just a, a wrinkle, an outside the box question to add a little more thinking to the process. Um um not disagreeing with you. I just mm-hmm. wanted to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Okay. Yeah, great. You know, I think it, we have to always line up on the side of Scripture. So, if, if, uh, if there's a couple who are living together, I'm not sure, I guess that's what you mean, but they're not married, but they want to get married, and they want to buy a cake from you. I think that's different from a same-sex couple, you know. Um, I would say that the cake, Jack Phillips, the person that baked the cake, he would have to go with what his convictions are based upon the Scripture, and his convictions as far as celebrating same-sex marriage, you know, like, it was it was a no-go. So with this, you know, with a, a, a couple who are different, the different sex, but they're getting married, I don't know if his thing would be the same, but I know I would highly promote people getting married. I would want them to get out of the situation of sin that they're in. And so I think that would be, call for a celebration that if they want a cake to be married, I don't see that as being the same. And that's and that's how I, I view it. Because we want people who are not living by God's standard to live by God's standard. And so uh, I would answer that as that's a different situation. But I think as far as Jack Phillips is concerned, and he was the one that baked the cake, it would be based upon – his conviction, his conviction as he understands scripture. Uh but for me, that's would be my that would be my answer. All right, let's go to Mary Ann in Kentucky. Hi Mary Ann.
3: Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Um so my concern is what they're teaching our children in school. My daughter is in the seventh grade mm-hmm. and they had them building altars and telling them that they could speak to their dead relatives and mm. friends for a day. Mm. And her father were separated and he, I told her no, do not participate, you mm-hmm. know, the, and I explained to her why that it's against our religion. You don't build an altar to a dead person that that's mm-hmm. witchcraft. Um and her dad's like, No, go ahead you know. So to me, the teacher went off offline, like she didn't record it the class and she also went home to teach for that day. So I mean, I don't think that it's I don't think everyone is like that and mm-hmm. is about to to teach our youth things of that nature, but
0: mm-hmm.
3: it seems like it's more and more everywhere I go. I work I do Instacart so I meet a lot of different people. Yeah. And uh I've literally just within the last week had to call the cops on a customer and everything because times are just so crazy now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's terrifying for my daughter. So, so Marianne,
0: with this altar building, like uh, (laughs) your daughter told you before this was supposed to happen that this was what they want, wanted them to do. And she came and talked to you about it.
3: Yeah, she said she had a really weird feeling. Man, about it. And, that's
0: awesome that she came yeah. and talked to you about it. <laughs>
3: yes, we have that relationship to where she she talks to me about everything.
0: Man, that's At least awesome.
3: Us, I'm aware anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that that's awesome, and I'm glad you were able to give her the right wisdom. And man, I'm telling yeah. you, in a, in our schools, look, man, yeah, I know there are different situations, but man, we talk when we talk about indoctrination. It's they are really pushing yeah. a lot of stuff in, in those schools, but I'm I'm so glad that she talked to yeah. you, and told you what was coming up, and you were able yeah, to to right to right. to tell her what to you know what to expect and what to do. Man, praise God yeah, for that.
3: I think it's it's one thing to learn about other religions, right? But it's another thing to like force for, forcefully make the students participate in that religion, right? And what Man. they believe. You know, oh everyone needs to be educated, but. You don't do that, you know? Right. And for the teacher to go home, she knows that if there was something wrong with her, her lesson for the day, to go home and wow. to not record it, you know? Yeah. There's something wrong there. She told the kids it was because she wanted to see their pretty faces. No, it's not. Man,
0: <laughs> man. Well, thank you. you.
3: Know? And then she has, like, all glitter and stuff on the altar, so it's something to invite film, you know?
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for your call, Marianne. That's, people, look, man, we we... We got to understand what's happening. The enemy plays for keeps, and he is going younger and younger and younger. He's he's trying to get as young as he can, you know. So we have to be just as relentless about discipling our kids. And what I'm encouraged about with Marianne is that her daughter came and talked to her because a lot of times that don't happen. Like things that go on, and I'm, nah, I'm not going to say anything, or you know, Man, you know, we have to build, if your child is, no matter if they're homeschooled or in public school or whatever, it's your job to disciple your children. Have those lines of communication open where they can talk to you and they can get wisdom, where they would trust you, because, man, the enemy is out here doing some crazy stuff. Building an altar in school, like, where they do that at, man? What's What's up with that? Building an altar, look. Open, let's open our eyes, people. This is this is what, what's happening. All right, let's go to uh, Kelly in Alabama. Hi, Kelly.
4: Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Okay, so I'm a grandmother.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Of course, I have a daughter, and two daughters, and grandkids and all that. And mm-hmm. uh, I think they're cutting me off because I voted for Trump because of his mm. platform. Mm-hmm and um any suggestions um they don't live in the state where i'm at Mm -hmm. they live somewhere else and i also have a grandson um who has cancer Mm. and he's he's just three so Mm. i'm not seeing them for a long time so
0: yeah so so kelly are they not even talking with you like you guys don't oh no uh -uh. wow no
4: yesterday i i uh uh I actually texted my daughter. I wanted her to watch something mm-hmm. uh, from an Australian newspaper, uh, I mean a news channel. Mm-hmm. And I thought she would at least watch that to get a different perspective on others out of the country can see what's going on in our mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. like right now. And uh, she got really angry and said that I was in the Trump cult. Mm. And yeah. she said, and after, after she went over all of, actually every lie the media has told about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the very end, she said, I don't want to hear from you about this. I don't want a response. Yeah. And and my first thought was, when you're in a cult, you won't listen to someone else. I will engage and have a conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Kelly, And, and I, you know, w- what I would say, you know, I wouldn't send her anything else related to President Trump or anything like that or anything political, because at this point, you know, she she don't want to hear it. And. Uh, It's not going to be received and it's only going to drive a deeper wedge in your relationship. You know, I would try to establish more relationships based upon, you know, man, the family, your granddaughters, you know, like I would just kind of get off of the you don't have to be an apologist, you know, for President Trump. And I'm not saying that you are, but I was I just would say that I would kind of lay off of that because, you know, she she's seeing the videos and different things that you may send her send her as something that's divisive and she don't, you know, she's not with it. So I would lay off of that. But I would, I would pray, I would ask the Lord to soften her heart, soften your daughter's heart and and build upon the relationships that you guys have outside of anything political or anything like that. Like just say, man, you know, and, and Lord may lead you to go and say, look, if I offended you by sending you these videos, I'm sorry because our relationship is bigger than anything that's political like you love her like that's your family so i would i would just step back from sending anything uh like that uh and just really try to you know work on that relationship and if there's any if there's an offense there get it right you know ask the lord to soften her heart where y'all can have that relationship where it needs to be all right um let's see one more call let's go to kevin in louisiana we only have a few seconds go ahead kevin
2: uh, totally on point what you're bringing, uh, especially about the change and the, the mindset and just the shift of, uh, let's say, some gov- governance that we're under mm-hmm. we're in the land of Babylon. And I, I, I don't know if you've looked into United Nations agenda for the 21st century. Uh, okay. and 178 nations signed on to that. It's, it's, you know, it's all public wow. information. And okay. to me, this is this is the new uh, uh, rule. Okay. Order. Kevin.
0: I'm sorry, we have to go. This has been Aaron Addison's on American Family Radio. Hopefully, see you Monday, Lord willing. God bless.